welcome to Vet Zone, where passion for animals, science, and medicine lives. The Risks of Frenching a Frenchie If you are tuning in because you wonder if you should stop French kissing animals, the answer is an unequivocal yes. Stop that. Put the guinea pig down. There are so many, many reasons. If you are tuning in because of general interest, or because you recently heard the news about the salivary risks from pets, you might think that talking about people getting a little too close to animals is absurd and intentionally provocative on my part. As a veterinarian practicing for more than 20 years, let me tell you, I have seen it all. There are so many things I can't unsee. But since this is a family-rated podcast, I can provide this example. A client of mine would come in and lick her dogs and cats' faces in the exam room. And when I say lick, her tongue pressed so hard against their face that it would lift their lip and invoke a necessary squint as her tongue dragged itself across their lips, eye, and forehead. Twice I saw her peel little swaths of hair off of her tongue as if it were a wet lint brush used on a particularly woolly sweater. Having explained, this is, after all, how dogs say hello, she expressed chagrin when I pointed out that this is not the same for cats. Like responding to a child who just warned you about monsters under the bed, she replied, Of course not, silly. This is how they groom each other. By licking them, I keep their hairballs down. (sighs) Okay. Let's get back to the topic, which, while no less disturbing, can be life-saving. Pet saliva does represent some risk. Although extremely rare, one of the most serious threats is capnocytophagia canamorsis, which is a mouthful, literally, as it lives in the mouth of some pets. This bacterium recently took the life of a woman, and in an unrelated case 45 miles away, a Wisconsin man had to undergo a quadruple amputation to save his life, losing both his hands and his feet. In each case, doctors suspected a simple dog lick as the bacterial source. Despite the recent headlines, the total current number of documented cases of human C. canamorsis infections remains under 500. This is incredibly small, since the bacteria has been linked with dog bites all the way back to 1976 by the research duo Bobo and Newton, who might have gone on to form a folk band. Thus, there is no need to get rid of your pets, but one more reason to stop French kissing them. As a gram-negative bacterium, capnocytophagia releases endotoxin, which our immune system reacts to, specifically our macrophages. Here is where this bug gets tricky. It releases sialidase, an enzyme that stops the macrophage's weaponry, namely nitric oxide. To learn more, listen to the podcast, How Cells Knocks Out Bacteria, and discover why this is crippling to the immune system. Additionally, C. canamorsis holds ability to resist complement and phagocytosis, another two common assault weapons of our immune system. Luckily, our bodies have many strategies. Like Batman being held up briefly by Joker's initial machinations, a normal human immune system's utility belt and ingenuity consistently win the day. 
Where C. canamorsis might become an issue is with immunosuppressed people, such as those with HIV, cancer, or diabetes. Alcohol abuse and liver cirrhosis represent other heightened risk factors. The final risk factor mentioned by the CDC is near and dear to me, as my mother has had her spleen removed. Despite this condition, she has raised sheep, dogs, cats, cows, llamas, and goats without any canamorsis interference. In fact, even with the immunocompromised, this bacterium remains rare. But when canamorsis does systemically infect people, it kills a third of its victims. Where do capnocytophagia species like to live? In the mouths of dogs, cats, and humans. That's right, people. Five of the seven species of capnocytophagia reside in the human oral cavity and can lead to illness when transferred to other people. Dog bites, as the name implies, canny, dog, and morsus bite, represent the most common source of infection for C. canamorsis. Close contact, such as a dog licking a human wound, also has been documented in infections. Now, if you have heard that dog saliva has antiseptic properties, this is true. And like most of these factoids, the devil is in the details. Dog saliva kills E. coli and strep canis remarkably well, but has little effect against other bacteria such as staph, pseudomonas, and capnocytophagia. Bites and scratches from cats are less commonly associated with C. canamorsis, and in roughly 10% of the human infections, the source remains unknown. So, what do we do with this information? Well, no matter how much I learn about zoonotic diseases, a random dog licking me on the face remains preferable than some random human doing the same. If you live on the dating scene, you might want to remember that beyond other capnocytophagia species, human kissing can transmit hepatitis B, herpes, HPV warts, and syphilis. Be sure that they are kissworthy. And in some cases, cavities and gingivitis might also be contagious. Regardless, we should treat saliva as saliva and understand the risks. Proper and consistent use of gloves and hand hygiene protocols reduces risk for everyone. Attached to this podcast page at myvetzone.com is a link to the Compendium of Veterinary Standard Precautions for Zoonotic Disease Prevention in Veterinary Personnel. Additionally, if you wish to help the Mantifel family, the gentleman mentioned earlier in this podcast with the needed prosthetics, the GoFundMe link is also attached. Our thoughts and best wishes go out to Greg and Don Mantifel. Thank you for listening. <music>